Welcome to the Advancing Women Podcast, where ambitious women come together to challenge the status quo, advance their careers, and up-level their lives. The Advancing Women Podcast is hosted by gender equity expert and executive coach, Dr. Kimberly D. Simone. Welcome, warriors, to the Advancing Women Podcast. Okay, warriors, let me know if this sounds familiar. You go out without your kids and you see a friend. They say, who's got the kids? Meanwhile, your husband goes out with the kids and he hears, aw, it's so nice of you to babysit and give mom a break. Or maybe you're a mom who works outside the home and frequently hears, how do you juggle it all? Your husband, who also works full-time outside the home, hears that question, never. Despite women's increased participation in the workforce and men's increased desire to be more involved in parenting, this mindset of mom as primary caregiver and dad as quote-unquote helper persists. Tina Fey said in her best-selling book, Bossy Pants, quote, the rudest question you can ask a woman, worse than how old are you or what do you weigh, is how do you juggle it all? And culturally, we can see why working moms are asked this question much more often than men. Research confirms what working moms already know. Most women spend more time than their husbands on childcare and home care. The problem, though, is that that question, how do you juggle it all, posed to women but not men, that assumption, accurate or not, in many ways serves to reinforce gender expectations. It also contributes to ongoing apathy for moms working outside of the home. By positioning these challenges that women face as a woman's choice, because we never talk about men working as a quote-unquote choice, you get a real lack of empathy for the challenges working mothers face. It's like, hey, if you want to work, that's on you. Don't then complain about how much you have on your plate. Indeed, a Pew Research Center survey found that around 60% of those they surveyed felt it would be better if one parent stayed home with the kids. And I think we all know what they mean by that. More often than not, they think mom should be staying home. And I don't think most of us really want to go back to the 1950s when many women didn't have that second shift at home. They were homemakers and that was their first and only shift. More than 30 years ago, as a substantial influx of women and mothers joined the workforce in large numbers, Dr. Arlie Hochschild, a sociologist at Berkeley, wanted to better understand how families were coping with this change. She reviewed time diary data and spent hours interviewing and observing more than four dozen couples. She found what she called a double day, where women came home from a full day of paid work outside the home to another round of unpaid housework and childcare. So her book, The Second Shift, Working Parents and the Revolution at Home, resulted from Hochschild's investigation and evidence of this double burden, the second shift experienced by employed outside of the home mothers. Hochschild notes, quote, most women without children spend much more time than men on housework. Women with children devote more time to both housework and childcare. Just as there is a wage gap between men and women in the workplace, there is a leisure gap between them at home. Most women work one shift at the office and a second shift at home. Hochschild goes on to note that, quote, even when couples share more equitably in the work at home, women do two-thirds of the daily jobs at home, like cooking and cleaning up, jobs that fix them into a rigid routine. 
Most women cook dinner and most men change the oil in the family car, but dinner needs to be prepared every evening around six o'clock, whereas the car oil needs to be changed every six months, any day around that time, any time that day. Men thus have more control over when they make their contributions than women do, end quote. And I think we all know this to be true and have experienced it in some way, where we feel like the jobs that are left to women tend to be the ones that are less desirable and need to be done consistently and on a very specific schedule. So I read an article recently that made me chuckle a little bit. It was titled 12 Things Dads Get Extra Credit For That Moms Do Every Damn Day. And this was on scarymom.com. There were two of the 12 that really jumped out at me that I wanted to talk about. To be clear, this is not about picking on dads. It just helps punctuate the point and gives voice to the frustrations so many women feel. She starts the article with this sentence, quote, my kids have a great dad, a stellar dad, a true prince among fathers. And she ends the article with, and he gets credit for everything. And her examples will no doubt resonate with all moms. Again, these are my two favorites, and I'll include a link to the whole article in the show notes. She notes that when she takes kids to the grocery store, she gets glares and judgment, like, can't she shut that kid up? When dad does it, people swarm with offers to help and pats on the back. Tell someone your husband cooked dinner, cooked, not grilled, just try it, she says. You'll hear wows and what a catch. When mom picks up a skillet, no one gives a flying F. It's just business as usual. Everyone assumes she makes all the food. But when dad whips up something palatable that isn't cereal, everyone cheers like he's won the freaking Tour de France. That is just spot on. She goes on to say that basically, if he does anything remotely resembling housework or childcare, he's taking the time to be a dad today. But look, people, she says, I took 15 effing hours to be a mom today, and no one stopped me in the supermarket, told me I was brave, liked the way I talked to my kids, or even praised me for being a good mom. We're expected to nurture and read and tell stories and dance like freaking Elsa and sing the Octonauts Creature Report song during diaper changes. I totally feel all of that. I think we all can relate to that feeling. In another article in The Lily entitled, My Husband and I Are Equal Partners, Why Does He Get So Much More Credit for Parenting? Artist and illustrator Katie Wheeler shared her thoughts through commentary and cartoons on dads being rewarded for doing the bare minimum. Here again, Wheeler talks about how her husband is often praised for being such a committed and involved parent when he takes their child to the park or wanting to be a part of emails about his child. And this is all while Wheeler feels as a mom that she is often judged and questioned for her choices and often by strangers. She talks about how her husband took her daughter to a doctor's appointment and was praised for doing so by everyone in the doctor's office. I don't know about you guys. I have never been praised or patted on the back for the countless doctors, dentists, etc., that I have dragged my children to. And this prevailing mindset perpetuates the second shift, whereby despite the roles of mom and dad evolving, the research shows the weight and heavy lifting of parenthood and taking care of the home still falls disproportionately on mom. And then, this is the kicker, we're made to feel crappy that we're not happy enough, that it is our fault that, quote, dads are happier than moms. I read these articles all the time, that we're choosing not to enjoy parenting as much as dads, and that is our fault. So when we hear about studies that show that dads are happier than moms, it can unfairly leave a lot of us moms thinking, 
okay, so what am I doing wrong? And that is really a bunch of BS, but we feel it nonetheless. According to findings published in Personality and Social Psychology, researchers analyzed three different studies examining the emotional health of 18,000 participants. They compared traits like well-being, happiness, episodes of depression, and stress. What they found was that of all the groups examined, fathers are amongst the happiest, not just compared to their child-free peers, but also as compared to mothers. Study author Dr. Katherine Nelson Coffey notes, quote, fathers may fare better than mothers in part due to how they spend their time with their children, end quote. So while dads are often able to, I would say even praised for, heading to the playground and building forts, research confirms that moms are still taking on the day-to-day -day tasks of parenting, the less fun but no less necessary dutiful tasks of feeding, dressing, bathing, managing emotions, and running kids to and from. And we all know, yes, us moms know, that work and play are both an important part of parenting. But because so much more of the work falls on mom, it ends up that more of the play falls on dad. So of course he's going to feel more joy. And then we are made to feel like less than. Why aren't we happier? Words meant to be positive are weaponized against us. We're made to feel like we don't have gratitude, like we're not embracing the joy of parenting, that we're somehow less than. But isn't this really about the proverbial, quote unquote, having it all? Isn't this about men being entitled to have it all, a rewarding career and family life, while women are always asked, can we have it all? And the problem is, what it's really asking is not, can women have it all, but can women do it all? And yes, we can have it all. We should be able to have it all, but not if we're expected to do it all. So hell yeah, dads are happier. They get to have it all, but are not expected to do it all. And they often, as Hochschild found in her research, get to pick and choose the parental tasks in ways moms often can't, since we carry the lion's share of those responsibilities even when we work full time. And these gender biases are deeply embedded in our culture. I talk a lot about the problems with gender stereotypes in creating an inequitable work landscape for men and women. But this is also true of the impact that these same gender stereotypes have in the home. The same battle between agentic versus communal traits, the idea that being agentic is male and communal is female, have a significant impact on the way we see responsibility in the home. Too often, societally, we see agentic traits like being ambitious, assertive, and persistent as both stereotypically male, but also as ideal for success in the workplace, whereas those communal traits like being nurturing, sensitive, sympathetic, and kind are often seen as stereotypically female, but also more ideal for success in the home, in parenting, in childcare. And this has led women to being more typically seen as better designed for parenting, that it is somehow easier for us. And so we get less credit. And research shows that when it comes to caregiving, moms and dads are still viewed differently. More than half of Americans surveyed in 2016 said that, breastfeeding aside, mothers do a better job than fathers caring for a baby. A smaller share said mothers and fathers do about equally well, and just 1% of Americans felt that fathers do a better job than mothers. Which you may say, well, why would they think that? But why would over 50% 
assume that mothers should naturally do a better job. Again, that's that agentic versus communal stereotyping. And it does not serve women or mothers. It may seem like a compliment to women and moms to say that we make better parents, but I can say for many of us working moms, it really pisses us off. And it should really piss dads off too. This bias not only makes our lives as working mothers much harder, much more chaotic, hindering our happiness and health, but also, to be fair to dads, it is insulting to men as fathers and also can lead to many negative outcomes for men and dads, like backlash when they need time off for family responsibilities or lack of paternity leave. Even, and I hear this from a lot of men, the borderline bullying they report experiencing when they attempt to prioritize family, that toxic masculinity backlash in the workforce. So it's not just the language and the gendered stereotypes that are problematic. There are those other barriers to equality in the workplace and in the home, from paternity leave to family flexible workplaces, for all those many seemingly small but notably important and no less problematic logistical things, like the lack of changing tables in men's bathrooms. All these policies, societal practices, the mindset that leads to these types of questions, questions like, can women, but not men ever, just women. Can women have it all? Questions like, who's watching your kids when moms are out without their kids? And the other side of that same gendered stereotype coin, it's so nice of you to give mom a break when dads are out with their kids. This not only makes it much more difficult for working moms, it marginalizes fatherhood and the important role fathers play in parenting their children and connecting and forming relationships, strong relationships, meaningful relationships with their children. I read one comment from a father on Reddit addressing this, and he said, quote, it reminds me of all those ridiculous commercials where they make it seem like dads don't know how to take care of their kids while mom is away, end quote. And another Reddit contributor said, quote, they make a mess. Kids go crazy. They don't know how to cook, clean, change a diaper. Where is all the outrage? End quote. Indeed, there should be outrage, not just on the part of women, exhausted women, tired of working outside the home, and then the second shift at home, and the societal expectations that are unfairly placed on their shoulders, but men, Dads, the outrage that you are somehow less capable of working outside the home and contributing in the home. That low bar, the low expectations for men, which minimize the incredibly important role fathers play in the family and that husbands play in a marriage, in a true partnership. And decades of research have confirmed that, in fact, marriages that operate on the basis of equality are much healthier and happier. A recent study quantified these results, revealing that over 80% of egalitarian marriages are happy, while less than 20% of traditional marriages can say the same. That represents over a four-to-one ratio in favor of egalitarian marriages. And to be sure, dads want to be more involved. According to a recent Pew Research Center study, dads see parenting as central to their identity. Dads are just as likely as moms to say that parenting is extremely important to their identity. In fact, some 57% of fathers said this as compared with 58% of mothers. Despite the positive changes we're seeing in terms of dad's involvement in parenting and dad's desire to be more involved in parenting, antiquated stereotypes of man as breadwinner and woman as homemaker persist. 
In a study from just a few years ago, about three-fourths of adults said that men face a lot of pressure to support their family financially, while only 49% said men face a lot of pressure to be an involved parent. In contrast, 77% said women face a lot of pressure to be an involved parent, and only 40% said women face a lot of pressure to support their family financially. That same study found that participants think working fathers are under more pressure than working moms to return to their jobs after the birth or adoption of a child. Another study found that about half of adults said that employers put more pressure on fathers to return to work quickly after the birth or adoption of a new child. Again, despite women and men's almost equal participation in the workforce, and although both women and men want dads to be more integrated in the home and child care responsibilities, ultimately, society still largely values men as breadwinners and women as homemakers. We unfairly and inequitably devalue the role of father and husband. We devalue the importance of both partners taking on equally important roles in the family and in the workplace. We must stop positioning equality in marriage and in the parental role as unusual. We have to normalize equity. We have to interrupt those socially constructed, gender socialized defaults because it's not good for women, it's not good for men, and it's not good for families. Perpetuating the absurd idea that women are somehow better at things like doing dishes, changing diapers, and folding laundry is a habit that we need to kick. Those are the crappy jobs that are part of maintaining a household and a family, and telling women that they are particularly good at them doesn't make them any less crappy. And it certainly doesn't help create the egalitarian marriages and families that the research shows make us all happier. We must normalize equitable expectations for men and women. This isn't about not praising men for being good dads or husband. It's about also praising women. It's about praising both moms and dads who work their asses off outside the home and then in the home to create a great life for themselves, each other, and their family. And Wheeler, that illustrator I mentioned earlier in the episode, said it perfectly, quote, at the end of the day, women shouldn't have to settle for a partner who does the bare minimum, and men shouldn't accept that society thinks so little of them, end quote. Exactly. You can't say it better than that. And so each episode, I end with a manifest statement, a key takeaway. And this week, I will say this. Being a dad is not a secondary role. It's a primary one. It's not called babysitting when a mom spends her time caring for children. It's just called being a mom, and it's the same for dads. Caring for your children is just being a dad. When both partners work outside the home, both must divide the daily chores, not just the chores, the daily chores. Women who have husbands who share in home responsibility need to stop being called, quote unquote, lucky. Men sharing in the daily home responsibilities is just being a part of a partnership. And this leads to happier marriages and happier families overall. Win-win. For more resources, you can visit my website, www.advancingwomenpodcast.com and connect on Instagram at Advancing Women Podcast. I love getting your feedback. So please email me at drdsimone at advancingwomenpodcast.com. 
I just want to thank Joe Jacobs, the audio warrior who wrote the music for this podcast, and a huge thanks to Heather Harris, the creative warrior who designed the Advancing Women podcast logo. And thanks to all of you for joining me here today.